Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome along to Summer Mornings. Julian King with you. Great to have your company on SEN 1170am in Sydney, SEN Q693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast and across this beautiful earth via the SEN app. The weather on the listening area today, uh, it's not great, I've got to say. Sydney, max 24, shower or two. Brisbane, a little bit warmer, 28 degrees, tops, showers. And the Gold Coast, tops at 27, partly cloudy also. A chance of showers. So those umbrellas, if you're outside, will get a working today. And if you're on the roads, of course, please drive safely. I'd love for you to participate in the program throughout the course of the next three hours. The open line number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and my text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This is what is on the menu today. Robbie Quiney will be along shortly to talk cricket. There's lots to discuss. Laurie Horish with the latest on the NFL front. We'll start Laurie early. Because you know he likes to talk, 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 Laurie. Looking forward to this, catching up with Jalen Galloway from the Sydney Kings. Uh, Matty Kuderman from the Risen Heat's also going to jump on. Uh, being a Thursday, of course, we catch up with David Credich from Ponting Wines. Maestro and Tommy on board as well, and I'd love for you to be on board. Well, we had plenty, plenty of feedback on the text line yesterday about, of course, Adam Vanua Blake's decision to choose the Sharkies over the Dragons. Some Dragons fans are going, oh, dodged a bullet. Others are saying, well, this is a joke. We can't sign anyone. What a basket case of a club. So, you know, both sides of the spectrum. The question now is, of course, where to for Flano and the Red V? And the Telegraph are saying, well, Flano's already moved on, quote-unquote, from the disappointment of missing out on AFB. Adamant there will be other opportunities over the next 12 months. Well, obviously... Yeah, we mentioned yesterday it wasn't just Vanua Blake, but they missed out on Tom Dean, and then it is not official yet, but Junior Ramone's going to have his contract deregistered. And Flano said, well, while missing out on Vanua Blake was a setback, the focus is now on the future. But he's right. He says that's the game we're in. You can only play the cards you dealt. And right now, Cronulla are holding better cards because they're a better chance of playing finals football. They just want to get ready for season 2024. But according to Flano, uh, they've been training the house down, St George Illawarra, and he will flog them, that is for sure and certain. The team has trained at an elite level for eight weeks. We break for Christmas knowing we've achieved our physical performance goals. Well, that's nice to hear. So who are they still chasing? You've got this Cowboys pair, right? The back rowers, Helam Luki and Kulekefe Finofaeke, two potential targets. So there you have... I mean, you know what? I mean, I... Wouldn't mind one of those boom cows back rowers. It'd be very, very nice. But, you know, just back to the drags. What else can they say? Yeah, we're disappointed to move on. No point crying about it. You can't change it. 
Look forward, not back. And that's what I've been trying to say to the Dragons fans yesterday. Stop the whinging. Let's play the hand we're dealt right now. All right? We've got a good coach. It'll take time, but he did it with Cronulla. There's no reason to think he can't do it with the Dragons as well. And maybe one of those back rowers will have to go. You can't keep them all. And the thing about it is they've just re-signed, of course, Tom Dearden. Once Chad Townsend retires, he's on pretty big coin. They'll funnel a lot of that money towards Dearden's contract. They want to hang on to Holmes. They want to hang on to Reese Robson. There's another one that got away, Dragons fans. They'll certainly want to hang on to Reuben Cotter. So if you've got to hang on to those three, well, one of their forwards might have to go. And if I can plant my tongue in cheek and be a little bit cynical at the moment, the Dragons are probably by Luciano Leilua back at a bigger price. And the same papers also are putting Jerome Luai again a no-show at Panthers training. Uh, I don't know what you make of this. Could be something, probably nothing. Penrith will have to wait until the new year to get him back to training. Although, I mean, 10-day cooling off period, we should expect an answer, what? By the end of the week, potentially? Confirmation about the Tigers' move next year? I just want it to be official so we can put it all to bed. Can put it all to bed. So Luai was not spotted at the Panthers Rugby League Academy for a third straight day after requesting time off as he struggles with the biggest decision of his NRL career. So Luai, as they piled off the bus, was missing. But importantly, this is the big news, of course, in the Rugby League off-season. He's the Chief Energy Officer, as you know, the CEO. In his absence, it was left to 2023 NRL Rookie of the Year, Sunia Taruva, to take charge of the club's giant boombox. Well, thank God we sorted that out. But anyway, it's understood that Luai just days away from signing a five-year, $6 million deal to join the Tigers from 2025. So I just want to see the end of it, have it all wrapped up in a neat little package by Christmas. To the Big Bash last night. Now, the Perth Scorchers, the best franchise in Big Bash history, freakish, continued their merry way. Dominant nine-wicket win over the Hurricanes. Zach Crawley, the Englishman, in the first of his six-game stint, for the Scorchers, he batted beautifully, along with Aaron Hardy, and I've got a massive rap on this kid. As the home team made a, a mockery, the run chase at Optus Stadium. It's his big bash debut, Zach Crawley, 65 of 46, six fours and a six. Hardy, 85 from 45, continuing where he left off from last season. Four fours and five sixes. So they're flushed with all-rounders over in Perth, aren't they? Scorchers, one for 173. That's taken, you know what? Surpassing the target, set by the Hurricanes, 8 for 172. Chris Jordan was excellent, by the way. He's a player, Aaron Hardy. Remember last year they said, you know, OK, Jules, you know, give us your uh, one to watch for Big Bash 12. They didn't ask me the same question in Big Bash 13. They bloody should have. Dom, I'm looking at you. Because I did say last year the one to watch, Aaron Hardy. So let's just nominate him again. Thumping win by the Scorchers, nine wickets, 23 balls remaining. But a crowd of about 28,000 to 27,243, was it? At Optus Stadium for Perth. You couldn't be asked going to the Test match to see Nathan Lyon claim his 500 and Australia go one up in the series. No, 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 no. But we'll turn out for the Scorchers. You work that out. You don't deserve Test match cricket, Perth, honestly. Uh, still on cricket, big tour getting underway today for the Australian women's cricket team. They are in India. We've got a new captain, Lisa Healy, new vice captain, Talia McGrath. So it's a new era for the side. And this match at Wankhede Stadium will be Australia's first test match in India for the women since 1984. So this is really, this is an historic tour. And it warrants mentioning. Having said that, this surprised me. It surprised Lisa Healy, the new captain as well. 
So it's a multi-format tour, but unlike the Ashes and unlike what we saw when India toured here, they're not going to have this point system with an overall winner. I find that really odd. I'm a big fan of this multi-format point system in women's cricket because you build to something, you have the overall trophy at the end. So this will be the first of seven matches to be played between these fierce rivals. You've got the Test, three ODIs and three T20s. But it's not a points-based contest. No overall winner at the end of the seven games. Silliness, absolute silliness. So Australia has brought the India-Australia Series trophy. We need a better name than that, don't we? That was the silverware forged on the 2021 tour. India-Australia Series trophy. Maybe we can also hatch that out in the program today. Better name for the trophy than India-Australia Series trophy. Think about that. So they claimed the trophy 11 points to 5 last time. But BCCCI, BCCCI, BCCI and we'll have a bit more to say about their power in a moment, confirmed by them for this tour, each format will be treated in isolation. So the test, one day is, and then the T20s. And, and look, Elisa Healy, being diplomatic, has always told reporters yesterday, when asked if she was disappointed, yes or no, I can see value and merit in making them all separate and sort of, well, yeah, so sitting on the fence. Miss, I won't like that. Miss, I won't like that at all. But this is good. And this is what I love about Elisa Healy. She said, on the flip side of that, we've been a part of a few multi-format series where the point system has come into play. It's given the test match in particular a greater context. True. And this might be a little bit cheeky. I would have thought that India would have backed themselves in their home conditions and got off to a 4-0 start, so it does surprise me a bit. Love it. Shots fired, Elisa. That's what you want. Talk it up. Talk it up. Huge watch on Phoebe Litchfield. Everyone knows I'm a massive, massive rap. I'm the young girl from Orange. Looks like she's going to open the batting 20 years of age. So congratulations to her. She will tick off a major item on her bucket list. And the other thing, too, it'll be the first Christmas away for most of these players. It's rare that you get tours at this time of year. I don't think an Australian tourist uh, team has toured India since, what, Bill Laurie, late 60s. It's going to be a spinner's wicket, too. So Ash Gardner, obviously, she will spin. So the question is, are they going to play Jess Jonathan, Georgia Wareham or Alana King? So a spinner's paradise. And in case you're wondering, why is it a spinner's paradise, Jules? This is where New Zealand spinner AJ Patel became the only, only the third man ever to claim 10 wickets in an innings. Kiwi's lost, by the way, got rolled for 62. But anyway, uh, looking forward to that. It all gets underway later today. Um, Usman Kawaja, we spoke to Dan Churney yesterday. And this news came through this morning. Did not have ICC approval to wear a black armband during the first test to mark the plight of Palestinians in Gaza. So now, Uzi is open to sanctions from the governing body. And we know that he was told he couldn't wear the pro-Palestinian slogans on his shoes during the match, as he'd hoped to do. Chose to don a black armband through the game. And that, that, that's fair enough. I mean, armbands are worn routinely by players to mark personal cricketing bereavements and the rest of it. But they still need to get approval from the home board and the ICC's Cricket Operations Department. And there are prohibitions on wearing an item that has a political, religious or racial cause. So the ICC have confirmed that Kawaja had not been given approval to wear the black armband in Perth. They don't know yet whether he'll be penalised. He might be. I hope not. I hope not. Just give him a little slap over the wrist with some wet lettuce to make it all official. But most likely we get a reprimand for it. 
And we know, we, we talked about it at length on the program last week about the slogan on his shoes, freedom is a human right, all lives are equal, and this is in the Palestinian, Palestinian colours. But he's always stressed to Usman that it is a humanitarian and non-political view. And he was blocked, he indicated he would push to do so in future matches, having worn the shoes in the nets. Because the ICC's clothing and equipment regulations say that in determining whether a message is for a political, religious or racial cause, the starting point is that the ICC and its members acknowledge and agree that cricket should be used as a tool to bring people and communities around the world together and not as a platform to draw attention to potentially divisive political issues, rhetoric or agendas. Or which camp does that sit in? So if he just says this is a humanitarian message... What if he came out and said, I'm wearing the black armband for all innocent lives lost? Is that a message to bring people together? Or is it politically divisive? 0457 736 736. Now, I mentioned the BCCI. Sheffield Shield final. Now, this is interesting, and this has been brewing for a while. He's set to be marginalised further with top Australian players likely to prioritise the start of the Premier League Indian Premier League season over the domestic decider. So we know that there's going to have an expanded, or there will be an expanded IPL season. It's got to run from March 22 until late May. We don't know the exact dates yet. So as things stand, the early days of the T20 extravaganza on a collision course with the Shield final, which runs from March 21 to March 25. This is always going to happen. It is the epicentre of global cricket. The BCCI, you know, it's the golden rule. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. We're seeing this further creep, further creep of cricket's biggest nation to dominate the game's finances. So outside of India, England and Australia, basically every nation, they struggle to stand on their own two feet when it comes to test cricket and via these bilateral deals. So what's going to happen? To sustain their boards... Well, they're increasingly going to get involved in sort of revenue-sharing arrangements like we see in South Africa. But that's expanded IPL competition towards the back end. Now they're talking about introducing something around the September-October window. So it would actually impact both ends of the Shield tournament. So then what happens? Fringe Australian players, up-and-coming domestic players, have a decision to make. If they have the opportunity to take the riches by playing white ball stuff or play Shield cricket... What are they going to do? Not exactly a Sophie's choice for a lot of cricketers, is it? It's a new reality. I don't like it. I don't feel comfortable. But at the same time, you can't stop it or get Rob Quiney's thoughts on that as well. Uh, Massimo Luongo, this is interesting. News came through yesterday. Socceroos Asian Cup hopes have suffered a blow. So Mass Luongo has announced his shock retirement from international football. He's 31. And we know that he rekindled Massey's Socceroos career in October after... Well, a huge absence from the national team, mainly due to injury, and that went back to Jan 2019. He plays for Ipswich Town, 45 appearances for the Aussies. And I'm sure, I mean, he was a certainty, was he not, the last maestro this, to be chosen in Australia's squad for the Asian Cup, and that starts next month in Qatar. But he did say he needed to manage his body. So he's brought down the curtain, Maslowongo, on his Socceroos career. But further to that, it won't then impinge on his club duties. Because right now for Ipswich, he's desperately pushing for promotion of the Premier League. And that'll happen during that tournament. And he came out and said, Mass, look, it's a decision I've, I've t- 
not take it lightly. I've got to prioritise managing my body as my career goes on. I get all that. It did surprise me a bit, I have to say, considering he'd just come back into the fold. I've loved my journey with the national team, will always cherish the moments I've had in the jersey. But anyway, look, this retirement's going to test the soccer's depth. I mean, you've got six other players, Brandon Borello, Almobile, Nick D'Agostino, Ryan Strain, Bailey Wright, a handful of others, all injured, all unavailable for selection. And just reading here, a couple not being considered for selection, Aidan Rustic and Fran Karacic, due to their lack of football at club level. I mean, you've got to pick them, don't you? Anyway, I wish him all the best in retirement. I wish him all the best in getting Ipswich up to the top flight, 0457 736 736. And we saw in the AFL quarter final about a British police now called to investigate after a fan confronted a goalkeeper. This is frightening in this day and age, in any day and age. Now, I always think about Monica Seles. This fan ran onto the pitch and confronted Newcastle keeper Martin Dubravka after Chelsea scored an injury time equaliser. You look at the footage that he broke past security, collided with the Brovka, evaded the same security guards, disappeared in the crowd. So now police and Chelsea have launched an investigation to determine their identity. The problem is there's so many bloody cameras out now. You're destined to be caught. But it's pretty scary from a player's perspective that anyone can just jump on the pitch. You don't know what they're carrying. 0457 736 736. All right, this is what I want you to have a think about today. Christmas is coming up, as we know. You get a gift under the tree, what would you like? Now, this gift has to be some kind of collector's item. It could be a piece of equipment, some sporting memorabilia, an addition to the man cave or the woman cave. So it could be a, you know, a new cricket bat, an old cricket bat, a footy. It could be a 1966 Dragons jersey signed by the Immortals. Maybe it's a Pete Sampras Wilson Pro stuff. You know, it could be something that you used as a kid that you can't get anymore, that you desperately love again. A Bjorn Borg headband, a Mark Taylor SS Jumbo. 0457 736 736. And the open line number 1300 01 1170. Uh, you get a, an addition to your man cave, something, you know, your weapon of choice, a bit of sporting equipment, sporting memorabilia you get to have under the tree. Could be a signed jersey. It doesn't matter what it is. What would you love? Fingers crossed, toes crossed, letter to Santa and the rest of it. To me, I'm, I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. I would have for Christmas, and maybe someone in the know can sort this out for me, a signed photograph of Noel Goldthorpe. Dragons, of course, not Hunter Mariners, Noel Goldthorpe. Signed photograph of Noel Goldthorpe. Tommy, can you sort that out for me? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the open line number. The text line 0457 736 736. Anything you want to talk about on the program today? You know, this creep, this expanding IPL calendar, the shake-up to Red Bull cricket. Happy to get your thoughts on that. And what do the Dragons do now? Happy to continue that conversation as well. Up and running this Thursday morning. Julian King with you on SEN Summer Mornings.